The pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quaggett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Draft Rugby Show, where we talk all things fantasy rugby, the game they play online in heaven. I'm Nelson, and I'll be your host for this evening in Kagi's absence. Uh, he actually couldn't muster up the courage to turn up because of how terrible his fantasy side is, so good choice by him. Uh, I'm joined on the panel today by my regular co-host, Harry, and we're blessed to have, again, the wise words of the super sub, Nubum. You're not Nubum, mate. You're definitely Nubum. How are you both doing? Well, first of all, mate, I was very confused. I was promised Nabung. Yeah. And here we are with Nubum. I know. <laughs> the lesser brother. It's really that, that's that's not in the notes, fellas. It's, it's <laughs> <that's>... <laughs> mate, he, he'd understand you can wing it. <laughs> anyway, continue on. Mate, it's, it's good good to have you here. Uh how how you doing? How is footy? Yeah, good. Again? It's it's good to be back, boys. In general tradition, um obviously the super sub for this week was uh, none other than my player. Josh Yuani, yeah, but an absolute back. cracker. Um, scored a try as well, so I was pretty happy with that. We um, won't hold him losing the game for the team against him. <laughs> true, true. He got me some good fantasy points, though. Um, and uh, my second point, obviously, um, uh, mediation costs about 200 bucks an hour for me. Um, so I'll, I'll let you guys have a little bit of crack. How was your fantasy weeks this week, guys? <laughs> I don't know. We didn't play. Didn't we have a game a week off? Man, I was I was good. I got <laughs> I got my uh yeah my my seventh win. I think yeah no I, I versed Harry. Yeah yeah. I got my seven from seven. Uh, I've done the clean sweep of the group and uh, I was almost gonna let Harry off with that. So thanks for that. Yeah no I, I thought um I thought it would be a good reminder for you guys as well. Yeah thanks. Especially mate. Harrison. Mate, I, I might not verse him again all year, so I could be one from one, one hundred percent, please. In the grand final, I guess you might not make the grand finals. <sighs> Come on, mate. <laughs> all right. So before we dig into the juicy bits, we have finally moved our pod to Wednesday, so we have all the Aussie Super Rugby team lineups, and they're not here. They've <laughs> pushed them back to tomorrow. What a stitch up! Last week we didn't get the Aotearoa teams. This week we've got one Aotearoa team and no AU teams. Ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. But luckily, we are always one hundred percent accurate with our predictions, so we're going to roll them out again. Yeah, one hundred percent. So stick around on our uh, dessert today. We're going to go through our Wallaby sides for the upcoming French series, go through the differences between each of us, and there are some. Um, but, yeah, make sure you catch us on the socials and, and let's dig into it, boys. Sounds good. good. All right. So what's your main talk, talking points from the weekend, Harry? Let's start with you. So a round of absolute nail biters, obviously. All games were decided in the final minute. So both the Force and the Reds, they only took the lead for their match, snatching the game in the 77th minute. So huge for both of those teams. With Super Rugby Aotearoa, it was even closer. So you had the two derbies both going to the extra, the first try extra time and uh, and two, two big results there for both the Chiefs yeah. and the Crusaders in two nail biters. One game significantly better in terms of quality than the other with the, uh, the Crusaders and Hurricanes playing far, far better footy. But nonetheless, very, very tense games to watch. In the Kiwi games, a big talking points, obviously Joshuane missing that drop kick to win. He missed it by a country mile as well. Uh, clearly a little bit hungover from his party boy uh, <laughs> a week ago. Still, still on the men. 
And meanwhile, David Avili just proves he can do anything. The one thing that we hadn't already proved that he can do was kick drop goals to win games. So Rich, Richie Moe got caught up in the tackle or in the breakdown, I think. So there he is just putting it over for the win. So absolutely massive. Um, and, and the round of long kicks. So, you know, we, we always see in Super Rugby with some of the kickers around some big ones, but Nick White <clears throat> slotting, slotting one from about 54 metres out for the Super Rugby AU competition, which we haven't seen from him before. And Geordie Barrett, not to be outdone, kicked it from beyond the 60. I think it was about 65 metres. Didn't quite make the line, mind you, but he had an extra five metres in the legs as well. Just outrageous. He's such a beast. He's such a beast. Seriously, seriously ridiculous. Look, I mean, my my taking from the weekend is literally how tight both these competitions are. So yeah. after 80 minutes in four of those matches, there was three points to separate the teams. Because mm. we had two Crazy. two golden point matches. We had, uh, was it the, the Reds won by two? No, one. No, they won by two, sorry, because I, I put my money yeah. on two and a half points. Jerks. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, force, the Force beating the Rebels by one. But, I mean... For, for me, this is just proving why I think we, you know, we should be having these domestic competitions to start the year. I mean, the, these competitions are just building these rivalries week in, week out. I'm, I'm finally falling in love with it. And don't get me wrong, I'm super excited to see that we'll have Fiji and Drua and uh, Moana Pacifica in Super Rugby next year. Big news. Hope, big news. Yeah, yeah, big, big news that dropped, I think, you know, today or yesterday. But today, yeah. I really just, I hope we don't lose this domestic format as, you know, even if it's, you know, you verse everyone once, you verse everyone twice and prefer twice before we go into our crossover competition because these comps are close, these comps are interesting and I, I just don't want to lose it. I mean, to, to me, the ideal, and I don't think we're going to get our way, is that the draw joins Super Rugby AU and Moana Pacifica joins Super Rugby NZ and then we can do the crossover after oh. because that way you get three games a week for each of them. I, I don't think that's off the cards because they're talking about um, the <clears throat> Pacific team being based in Auckland and potentially having the Fijian side based in Western Sydney. Okay. Awesome. So, I mean, with that, you know, that, that consideration of spreading them like that, maybe that's that's on the cards. Look, I've just realised that this is the first week in a long time we've let Nelson host and we're somehow talking about the structure of Super Rugby next week. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> all good, all good. But look. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Um, and following on, it's just following on from you guys, I just want to talk about how good Australian rugby is. Obviously, yeah. that's nothing, to, to take nothing away from the Kiwis, we obviously know how good they are. We know what they do and we know how, how they all go about things. But to, to see the Brumbies and the Reds, obviously, let's just discard that Rebels force game. Yeah, it was the last 10 minutes was good, but I just want to focus on the Brumbies and Reds. You couldn't ask for a better top-of-the-table clash in Game 2 oh. with, with 20,000-odd fans in Brizzy, in Suncorp, where it's already pretty loose. We've been there all together as well. It's loose in itself, fighting out for the McQueen Cup. I haven't been this excited. And it's just, you said it just before, Nels, as well. We finally, I'm excited seeing Australian teams against each other. And uh, the game two actually lived up to all the expectations. So um, I was super proud, first of all. Um, but yeah, what of a cracker of a match that was. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned the Rebels and Force. Like, 
I, I think most things that we want to say about this game have been said. So first of yeah. all, both attacks are dog shit. The only weeks that they look good are when they burst the Western, uh, the their Suntars, whose defense is dog shit. Um, yeah. uh, the, at least I would say they have some excuses in that there's been a lot of injuries to their teams in the Rebels, and the Fours have three squads to pick from. So rather than picking and sticking, <laughs> they've decided to play all three throughout the season. So, I mean, to me, the Force have written this season off. You know, don't get yeah. me wrong, I know that they wish they'd come top three, but they've written this yeah. season off to try and work out what their team looks like moving forward. And uh, and the Rebels uh, are really trying to extend themselves but not really finding I, any good answers at the moment. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't see that that's what the Force have done. I, I Seriously, they just look oblivious to the fact that, no, they are because they haven't done it in a way where they've worked people in and tried combinations of different ways and things. They've literally just gone, who are we playing this week? And just it's a lottery. Yeah, but that, well, that's, that's I, the point, right? Sorry, now. Work out who should be in the squad moving forwards. You can't do that. There's no over logic a, to it. Over a, what is it, eight games? No, I don't think there's any logic to it. I, I just think Matty Tamur actually summed it up in the post-match interview just saying <laughs> yeah. that, um, you know, I'm glad that wasn't on free-to-air. Yeah. But, um, he summed it up pretty nicely. Uh, yeah, opposite fair. to that, obviously, the Brumbies and the Reds. You know, if I was a, a, a fair-weather fan, whether a league AFL, God forbid, um, I'd be pretty entertained and, you know, at least show a little bit of interest in the future. So it's, I think that's a pretty decent effort there. Yep. Yeah. My last one was the most missed player was Artie Sevilla for, what, 15 minutes or whatever it was. First of all, oh, he was outrageously yeah. good for the time he was on the field. And he did that with a significant injury for the bulk of it as well. He just kept on playing because he's an absolute maniac. And yeah. look, it was an MCL injury. I would say caveat that they do go okay. If you tape them up, they're one of those ones that you can kind of get on with a little bit. But, I mean, he's on another level. And then oh. he leaves the field. They go to extra time. And standing captain James Blackwell goes, okay, we're receiving the kick. How about we run into the wind? Like <laughs> yeah. surely run with the wind behind you and you go wherever it goes. We go straight back to Geordie Barrett and he just pumps it 80 metres down the field and then we worry about it from there. Instead, they go, who's our guy on debut at halfback? Can we get him to box kick against the wind against the champion team? Like, oh, my God. So Absolutely uh, blew the leadership, Blackwell. Uh, See you, champ, never again. I think he did. The, the big thing was they reckon that the wind actually switched 10 to 15 minutes before that point. So rather than him go, okay, which way is the wind going? There's probably been some form of talk before the match started and he's going, well, that's the way the wind's going and just kind of had it set rather than actually thinking about it. That's mm. what it sounds like to me, to be fair. Yeah. I, I'm actually surprised, Harry, you didn't put um, Artie Sevilla having a sore back as well from carrying the canes the whole way through. <laughs> carrying the whole year? Yeah, and the whole year, exactly right. Look, I, I think let's jump across to the fantasy players. So fantasy match of the week, who else but Richie Mo? No surprises there. Look, he got to play a little bit longer than 80 minutes. That always helps as well. But look, he got 73 points, 11 carries for 91 metres, eight tackle busts, a line break, an offload, a try assist, five from five kicks. How good is this guy? I mean, he's phenomenal. And, and to bounce back after a pretty bad week the week before. Horrible week. He, he always Horrible. looks yeah best when he takes the game by the scruff of the neck and attacks the line and he did that very well yeah 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 definitely can i just ask because i saw your graphic today on the best super rugby players from a fantasy score on each of the competition who was the australian top fantasy scorer and where did he rank in the centers overall no no so it was fluke and overall (laughs) he ranked it wasn't the sixth center 
He's a center, and overall he was sixth. Okay, so you're saying he was the sixth highest oh, player, so the top five or seventh, I thought. One, two, so the three, top four, six seven. were all Kiwis. Yeah, but to be fair, they also played longer games. That's actually fair. <laughs> <laughs> so True. they, they, they actually, and I mean, Fluke in his 54 points wasn't far off most of that pack, only Richie Moe standing out above the rest. Not a bad, not a bad game from the young center. Yeah, look, I think he did very well. Yeah, very well, actually. He impressed me, surprisingly. It just shows the system that the Reds have developed, actually. The pace he had was was amazing. I thought when he almost chased down Banks as well, he came out of absolute nowhere to come across and cover in that field. I'm excited to see more of him moving yep. forward. But, look, there's a few other players worth a mention. Aaron Smith, no surprise, 66. Cody Taylor, 64. Will Jordan, 60. Frizzell, 56. As we said, Fluke, 54. Powell, 53. And Artie Sevilla, the injured man that just trucks on with 50. Our super sub, mate, you've already touched on him. How good, Josh Carney. He actually got 56 points in 29 minutes. He's got a try, a drop goal, missed a drop goal, and <laughs> had a conversion. All in his 29 minutes to score that. That is insane. There's a lot more points than that in there as well. 56 yeah. points is a bloody lot of points. Yeah, he yeah. was getting right amongst that in that quick time. And now our Captain Mud Award for uh, the wet pillow of the week. Um, it goes to his... Opposition for a jersey, I suppose. Mitch Hunt played 85 minutes, so more game time than most people, and he got minus two points. How do you do that? And a runner-up also, uh, Scott Dogroll Barrett, Crusaders captain. He had 81 minutes he played, and he got one point. I don't get it, boys. I'll tell you what. Playing fantasy footy <laughs> makes me like Scott Barrett less than anyone else in the world. I know. I he's such a good player, but he sucks at fantasy. He does. <laughs> Definitely sucks. All right, <laughs> let's, uh, let's jump across into the main course. So we're previewing next week. All right, so Super Rugby Aotearoa Round 8 on the bye are the Hurricanes. So this first matchup, actually a Friday night game, is the Landers versus the Blues. Harry, do you want to take us in this one? Yeah, why not? Uh, <laughs> new injuries. So injuries from the weekend just gone. Connor, Connor Garden Bashup confirmed now he's broken his wrist, so he's gone for the season. You got Perry Perry Chicken uh, hobbled off for his ankle injury. So the coaches said that they're they're crossing their fingers that the scans are good news for them, but they don't have the results yet. Uh, but they're they're not they're realistically not uh, expecting him to be back for a little while. So even if he's a mid grade ankle injury, he's still you know bare minimum four weeks, more like six weeks. So I, I don't think we're going to see him again. Again for Aotearoa. Um, returning on this one, there's there's no one actually coming back from injuries that we had listed. I thought maybe Patrick Tuapalotu and Kurt Eklund were the chances, but Kurt Eklund, I don't know what the bloke's done wrong. I frothed on him. I know I've know they've been named, but I frothed on him last year. He's back from three week band this week, and they've got two bum. I'm sorry, but bum hookers. (laughs) <laughs> and he can't even get in the 23. Like, what is going on? Has he been going to the bloody Joshua Air party, uh, freaking parties or something? Must be good uh, parties then. Yeah, 100%. It must be if he's gone from freaking Auckland. But Patrick <laughs> Tuopoloto as well. I mean, we ho- we're hoping that he'd be fit, but he's, he's still that injured as well. So big one there. Um, the other one I wanted to name is with uh, on the locks is Sam Darry. So we did our hot shit 
previews oh, at the shit. start of the year. Yeah, that, that's the one. <laughs> and we got actually called out. One, one of the Kiwi supporters said to us, you know, you should really have mentioned Sam Darry. He's a, he's a young lock that deserves a lot of praise and he's up and coming. And I kind of went, yeah, but let's be honest, he's not getting anywhere near the side. Well, for the second week in a row, Sam Darry is starting in front of Josh Goodhue. So it shows what we know. He's, uh, <laughs> he's a very, very good young lock. I like the look of him. Yeah, he was pretty promising. Can't wait to see more, actually. Yeah, and uh, what about you, Nabung? Oh, sorry, Nubum. It's force of habit. Sorry, mate. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about the oh. back row balance in the the Blues? So obviously, this week you got Tommy Robinson captaining again, Good, which yeah. means Akira Yuane is on the bench. It's obviously I'm an I'm an Akira owner, and um, it hurts to see him on the bench once again. I I don't get it. I still think Akira's got um, got Robinson. Um, but when Robinson's always played, he's, he's always had a cracker game. So I, I get it. Um, but his interview actually is a post-match interview. Robinson's, uh, well, that was gold. I'm not sure whether you boys saw it. I did. He, he was, he was, he was doing the old, uh, all the cliches about the spreads and, uh, kudos to the boys and all that sort of stuff. So he must have, he must have the dressing room and, um, well, he leads by example. So I, I get it. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I think he's he's great. I, I really good to see him. Uh, I think really grasped that leadership role with him. He was talking to his other leaders, and I think he was quite dominant on the field with his voice for them, which is was definitely important. Uh, and it's going to be good to see moving forward. Look, who we, we've got this week starting at halfback. We've got Jonathan Ruru. So we've got Finlay Christie on the bench. Um, Sam Knox started last week. Who, who do you think is their starting choice at halfback? I, I like Finlay Christie. Christy, personally, um, I think he's pretty solid. Ruru is obviously there or thereabouts. Yep. Um, but I, my preference is Christy, to be honest. I, I thought he'd established himself by the back half of last season. You know, we, we said in our preview last year that we thought he would come through and be the first choice. And I think he did that. I think by the second half, he, he definitely had established himself. And then he started this year injured and gave a sniff to Ruru and Nock. We know Ruru's incredibly fit. I think he's just behind Bodie Barrett's record at the the Blues there for his uh, Bronco test as well. But they might be hardworking, but Finlay Christie's got by far the best service. Uh, are we missing something? Was he actually injured last week? Because he went from starting to not even being in the 23, and it's like he's working his way back in again. Yeah, I mean, the, the Blues actually, to be fair, don't give a lot of information about their injuries. So it, it's very possible that maybe he's just had a bit of a, an overload grumble or something like that he's gone back as he's come back from his injury because he did miss the few weeks before that as well. So, yeah, look, it, it's a possibility. Um, but we're just in the dark and it just makes no sense. But let's hope that that's the case because I would like to see him get some continued game time with Finlay, uh, with Finlay Christie at nine and whoever ends up being the actual good fly half for the Blues in the future. Very cool. Um, and for the Highlanders, uh, we get to see Aiden Johnson, um, who's just come kind of coming back from injury. He gets his start over Ethan DeGroote, who actually I thought is I think he's pretty solid. Um, but he's 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 back. Um, Josh Dixon comes in for Perry Perry Chicken, <laughs> and um, obviously very handy replacement and a solid fantasy lock. On, um, on those two, I think Aiden Johnson obviously had that really long-term concussion, and I, I reckon that they just see him as the – I think this is his third game back now, so he had two off the bench. I think they must see him as a better scrummaging prop. Ethan DeGroote has been really great in his work right around the park, yep. but the Highlanders have had a pretty shonky uh, scrum. 
So I think surely that they've brought him in to try and shore that up. Solidifies it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, and then we see uh, Corey Worthington. I mean, um, party boy Josh Shuani starting at 15 <laughs> for the injured Connor Gunn batshit. So. Someone's got to make a meme of that, surely. <laughs> <laughs> his head on Corey <laughs> I love that he's taken the blame, but there were like five other players as well mentioned. It's his house, mate. It's his house. It was his house. Yeah, right. Okay, fair enough. The ringleader. Well, he deserves it. I hope we had a crack at time, Josh. Um, <laughs> oh, look, I'm sure he did. <laughs> um, and, yeah, we see oh, – I love Michele too. I absolutely love him. Had the best year last year. Um, is this his week? Coming off the bench, we we don't know. What do, what do you fellas reckon? I just think he's due. He's too good a player to have the year that he has. And, I mean, he's only going to get so many chances this year. Himeno is establishing himself at the moment at number eight. To be fair, I don't think Himeno was as good last week as he was when he came off the bench to start the game. I think Agreed. he's had two yeah. starts and not had nearly the same impact. So yeah. I think there's definitely an argument to be had at the moment that Himeno should be on the bench or starting at lock as a bit of an impact player. And uh, and Michele Tu'u should be the starting number eight because he's just too good a player. As we he's said a couple good, of weeks yeah. ago, he was our pick for the, you know, along with Hoskins Tutu, mm. right up there to be the starting All Blacks number eight. Yeah, he was one on? of the one of the top picks for our draft as well this year. I think the thing about him is he, he's just yet to show that consistency. Uh, I mean, even at times last year. Yes, maybe so Tutu did something similar, but he, he was he was very good at parts and at parts he went missing. And that's probably just showing his inexperience and the fact that he is quite young. So, you know, I mean, the, the thing is, if you want him to build that experience and get back into his form, he actually has to get game time. You can't just bring him on in small minutes mm-hmm. off the back and he actually, you have to give him a chance. And, and look, Himeno, I, has he played two games to start? I thought so. I was thinking it could be one. That might be my my mistake. But, uh, look, I, I think it's not, not bad for him to get another crack at that eight jersey. But, I mean, it's it's only a matter of time being out before Mikele Tu'u gets another crack. Well, the, the interesting thing on that point is, though, Mikele Tu'u, Hoskins Satutu, mm. Will Harris, uh, sorry, Harry Wilson, all these guys that have had barnstorming seasons mm. at number eight, they're not making the same impact carrying the ball. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. Harry, Will, uh, Harry Wilson. He had a cracker game last week. He had a cracker second game. Half, last week. Second he, half. Compared to last year, I think he's had a very quiet season. He still yeah. works hard. Yeah. But I don't. But he still makes a lot of tackles and a lot of runs. But he's, they were breaking tackles, making line breaks, throwing people off. There is no number eight, with the exception of at the odd time, Artie Sevilla, who even on his own standards has looked a little tired and lackluster. How yeah. dare you? How dare you say yeah, that about oh, him? Mate, I'm, I'm a big artist of AFM, but you know what's true. Like, he, he hasn't he has been throwing players around like he has other seasons. So I, I just don't see them having that attacking role this year. The defence has got their number. Look, I, I think it, it's something, you know, that second-year syndrome gets talked about a lot. And I, I think we touched on it early on in this season with some of these young back rowers. They had just enormous rises to into the level that they were last year. But, I mean... You look at someone like um, Will Harris. Am I saying the right one? Harry Wilson. <laughs> Harry Wilson, right? He, we know he's not good at that little shift of, of movement side to side and, and getting away from a shoulder of a defender. So last year, he was just balls deep into contact and super keen for it. People now know he's coming 
and he has to add that little bit of variance into his running lines, has to do something a little bit more to have the same impact. And I think it's the same as some of these other guys we're talking about. Mickey Elliott, mind you, I don't think he's had as much of a chance this year, but to, to be as dominant in your second year as a dominating ball runner, you actually have to add something else. Well, how have we gone so far down the Akira Ioane at six role now that he can't play eight? Hoskins Tutu hasn't been that good this year. Yeah. Akira, why don't they just put him in eight? Give him oh, the run. He can play cool. six and eight. We know that. He's, cool. he's worked his work rate out. Why is he not starting? He's the freaking all-black six. I do agree. Yeah. Um, I feel well, like I'm ranting about something. We are. We are. <laughs> <laughs> the, well, the big, the big question for you guys, um, so – which Highlanders are going to show up? Is it the ones that absolutely smack the Crusaders or is it the ones that uh, looked on par with the Chiefs? What do, what do we reckon? Look, I'm, I'm happy to take my pick first here and it might be different, I'm not sure. But I I think we're going to see the the guys that were on par with the, the Chiefs. I, I, I think them beating the Crusaders was a standout game from them. And a yep. lot of guys wanting to stake their claims on those jerseys. And a lot happened in that week. And it was a very emotional start and really strong start from them. But I, I just don't think we've seen enough of this from them to assume it's going to happen week in, week out. Yeah, I think they they lost a little bit with the change in their centers, especially at 12 and 13, which, you know, it was two completely different players a couple of weeks ago against the Crusaders. Scott Gregory, I don't think he's had quite enough time in the saddle to play inside center for them. And Theo Tomkinson's all of a sudden playing outside when he hasn't for a couple of years as well. So there's yeah. a lot of change in that side, which makes it really hard. Um, so I, I tend to agree. I think that the blues are the more settled team. I think they'll probably take advantage and, I'm going to pick the Blues by nine. Oh, I was thinking somewhere similar. I was thinking 10. I think it's going to be a touch closer than that. Being in uh, in the glass house, I'm going to say, I think it's going to be a closer one. Um, the Blues by about three. Yep, sounds good. So the, the following game now on Saturday, I think it's 5 p.m. our time or 5.05 our time Saturday. Uh, the Chiefs versus the Crusaders. In terms of new injuries, we had a Quinn Tapia knee injury. Jack Goodhue, he had a pretty serious-looking knee injury. Joe Moody had a foot injury in a big game for him. We had the returns of Lachlan Boshier, uh, who played – well, hopefully we're having the return of Lachlan Boshier um, after playing <laughs> club footy last week after his minor foot injury. That would definitely look good in my fantasy side. We, hopefully we see Chase Tiatia. Sean Wainui and Mitch Carpet. Lots of names that may be coming back into this squad. Yeah, I think it's a little bit more settled than that. So first of all, the guys that you mentioned injured, none of them have got their results back from scans yet. So for, I, I find it quite interesting that we have three you know, high-profile rugby players that aren't able to get a scan result by a Wednesday evening. Um, but on top of that, Lachlan Boucher, they said, played Kate came through club rugby last week, but they specifically mentioned Chase Tiatia, Sean Wainui and Mitch Carpet all as available for this week and Lachlan Boshier got through club rugby. So the wording of it makes me think that maybe they're not actually rushing Boshier back into the side with their if they're comfortable with the stocks they have. But I mean, the other got, three are definitely in the selection frame this week. Either way, there's going to be one Boshier. That's true. That's true. So and you, it's not the one that you have, Nils? I've got both. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, there you so go. My that point. If, they, if they start Caelan and they drop Lachlan and they don't play Lachlan, you drop Lachlan and just play Caelan through? I, I reckon you do that, Nils. I just keep both both years. 
Okay. <laughs> I mean, it worked for you last week, so I can't criticize. <laughs> yeah, play the both of you down. Last time they played these two, the Crusaders won pretty comfortably, 39 to 17. So the Chiefs on this one, we, we talked about the subs that might come in. The loose forwards are the most interesting one for me. So the obvious names are Lachlan Beauchere and Mitch Carpick. Kalen Beauchere is not a number seven, but played there for them last week. It looks like they're set to play Luke Jacobson as the you know future captain of the side by all accounts at number eight moving forward, which means Peter Gus is going to be resigned to the bench. So six and seven, what do you guys think? Do, do you think they could play Lachlan Beauchere and Mitch Carpick straight in, or do they stick with what they did uh, with, uh, <clears throat> what did I say, Kalen Beauchere and Mitchell Brown? Yeah. Look, I I think you're probably right in the sense that you know we're probably going to see an open side flanker change. You know, I I don't see Kalen necessarily getting that chance when you've got two two players coming in that could potentially play in that sevens jersey who are a lot more experienced. Whether we see Mitch Carpick or we see Lockton Boshi filling that role, I'm not too sure. But I'd I'd be hoping and I'd be expecting it to be Lockton Boshi. But if they're not confident with him, I mean, Mitch Carpick can definitely get that job done. Yeah, I resonate those feelings as well, Nels. I'm the same. I, I, I think um, Boshi is probably another week away. It's just my gut feeling. But, um, yeah, and then Carpik will probably get the spot, but we'll, we'll see how we go. In the backs, Chase Teotia, I mean, I said it weeks ago and then he got ill, so I feel like that's the only reason they didn't give me what I wanted already. Surely he starts on one wing. They're just revolving who starts on the right wing. Attending Anasaturo probably starts again, mm. but Jonah Lowe... I, th- I thought he was pretty average, to be honest with you, once again. Um, yeah. I don't think Shooter's really offering much for them at the moment either. Just start Chase, please, and I'll, I'll push on from there because the interesting one is who partners Anton Leonard Brown. I think it's pretty fair to say that Quinn Depay is very unlikely. Yeah. Sean, I knew he started the season at centre. Alex Nankerville's obviously floating around and been on the bench as well. What do you guys think? It's got to be Nankerville, surely. It's um, it, it's been the ever everlasting debate that we've always had between Depire and Nankerville. Um, I think it's Nankerville's turn to step up. Look, I I, I really wanted to be Nankerville, um, and I, going off the history of, of you know this season, maybe I, I don't think it will be. I think it'll be Wainui. I also think he's just a little bit more stable and secure in maybe defence as well as attack. You know, he's less likely to throw a silly offload, less likely to make mistakes. And when you're coming up against the Crusaders, you can't make those mistakes. So I want to see my boy Nankerville. You think uh, Wainu uh, is going to slot into 13? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he did at the start of the season. So I, I tend to agree. Look, I think we all yeah. in past seasons have said that we thought Nankavell was a good shot. And we, we even thought starting this year, you know, he's still in a, with a chance to take over to, to pay her. But, yeah, it was Sean Wainui. I mean, Clayton McMillan seems to be a big fan of him, happy to play him at wing or centre. He was pretty solid there to start the year as well. I think it's probably their best option or their safe option at the moment. Well, I, th- I think my my feeling is that they're going to slot Nankerville in there and move Wainui to the wing. Yeah, yeah. definitely a good cho- choice as well. Yeah. But, I mean, then there's no chase tier tier, and let's be honest, that's just going to make me sad. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably what they should do then because that's great. Yeah, thank you, sad. Especially after last weekend. Um, how about the Crusaders? So, look, they've got a lot of puzzle pieces to fit into that back three. Is this your favourite analogy for the Crusaders? I feel like fire out every week you talk about puzzles. Uh, they do have so many. It's a 1,000-piece puzzle, that back line. It's not a, it's not a rookie puzzle. 
I think oh, it's, I, I it's think the best more, puzzle you could ever. It's the best puzzle you could ever make when it's made, though. They're more like Mr. Potato Head. It doesn't matter where you put things; it always looks good. <laughs> I don't know if that's right. <laughs> Mr. Potato Head. To be fair. <laughs> I see what you're getting at. Uh, I see what you're getting at. But look, yeah, Lester Fanganuku. He was preferred at outside centre. Came in at outside centre for a lot of that game on the weekend. Um, preferred to to Dallas McLeod in that 13 jersey. Do we expect to see him start in that 13 jersey? I do. Over the, over the place of Goodhue? Well, Jack Goodhue's obviously He's injured. He's injured. And looking for his serious knee injury. So that, that's yeah. why. But Dallas McLeod, I, I think they've kind of shown their cards and, and shown that they believe that he's an inside centre. Um, so that means that Leicester's obviously uh, yeah, reserve outside and will come into the team. And he's been just so dominant with ball in hand for them. I mean, get him on the paddock. If Braden Enor's at 60%, I'd probably start him. He really can play at 13 as well, though. You can't play 12 and 13, though. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But true. I'd like that. But, uh, yeah, he, he has played 13 in the past. No, he's played everything. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, another one, Mikey Alalatoa, a man who's heading offshore at the end of the year, heading over to, I think it's Leinster. Um, do we think we, we're going to see him start again? Oli Jaeger got his first time, you know, first start for a while. Do we think that was a one-off or, or has, has he been building <laughs> back into this? Look, I, I think last year they showed that they were willing to start both of them at times, although Michael Alatoa was the favourite for the bigger games. But the Crusaders are all about consistency and preparing players. Right now they have the opportunity to do it without actually risking their position in the final of Super Rugby Altadoa. So it's probably as good a time as any. Give them a couple of starts, Mikey gets a bit of a rest, and then they might maybe bring him back through for the finals or final. That's fair. You say That's the same? Fair enough. Uh, I, th- I think Mikey will start, but either or. I don't think it really is that much of a difference. Look, the other one that I had, un- unpopular opinion here, everyone's raving about David Avili at 12, but he's a way better fullback. He's had a yeah. much bigger impact last year at fullback than he did at 12. Yeah. Will, will Jordan, great player, but, mate, he is not as good this year as he was last year. He is not making the same impact as he was last year. Well, I huge. think that he's a little bit more comfortable. I'll be honest, my top Crusaders team has David Abili at 15, Will Jordan on the bench. Look, to, yeah, right. to be to be brutally, brutally honest, it's That's the so same. That's so controversial. When, when you've got a full team, it's definitely mm-hmm. the same for me. You know, you've got good Hugh, you've got NOR in the centres, and Will Jordan's coming off the bench un- unquestionably. So it wow. just depends. It, you've got to look at your 10, 15, them together. Is that better than if you have yeah, Avili at 15 you're and basically McLeod just, at 12? You're do- basically talking about do you start McLeod at 12 or Jordan at 15. But I just think the value that you get about da- with David Avili at 15 is so good. And Will Jordan as an impact player is at where he's in his development is but so much better. It was like a month ago we were saying David Avili could be the All Blacks 12. He, he could was, be. He's he that was, good, but he's just better at fullback. He makes a bigger impact on the game. He, he is better at fullback. He, he is, is better at fullback. But yeah. he, he's influencing these games enormously still, you know, majority yeah. of these games. I don't, I, yeah, look, to a degree, but let's be honest, the Crusaders are half-cooked at the moment. They're running around on one league for, the, for one league for their standards. They're, they're not looking like the same team. Something is missing in this side, and to me, it's the balance of their back line. Braden Enel clearly that. is important. Jack Goodhue missing is now a second dagger, and maybe this means that my theory can't go forward until Jack Goodhue's back or one of them's exactly. back. 
But yeah. seriously, they're missing something. And the the combination between Richie Moe, David Avili at 10 and 15, Jordan coming on as the impact player, that was their magic last year. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. They were just bringing, you know, flames and fire off the bench no matter who they brought on or where they brought them on and they had the ability yeah. to move around. Like, And we've seen a, Dallas McLeod reminds me a little bit more of Ryan Crotty. He's a bit more understated, but he's solid. They don't need every player to be flashy. Yeah, I, I agree. Look, I, I've said it from early on this season. I picked it, I reckon, round one or two. I thought the Crusaders weren't the same as they have been in previous years. It's very hard to put a finger on it, but maybe it is that balance. And all's not there. And I was not there. No, I don't, I, look, I don't think it's necessarily one one person, but it's that balance. I think is that big thing there. But anyway, we've we've gone into it a lot. How do you guys see this one playing out? I dare you to go against the Crusaders. Okay. <laughs> Crusaders. I reckon uh, the Crusaders by even though the Chiefs are building and they're going. Um, building a bit of momentum. I, I still think the Crusaders by about 12. They've lost another centre. I'm saying Chiefs by three. I actually don't. <laughs> I, I don't hate it. I, I don't hate it, and I really want to get behind that. I reckon the Crusaders are just somehow going to scrape a win in and it's going to be two points. You know, like it's going to be tight and the Crusaders wow. are going to scrape a win. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I think their pack will just dominate the Chiefs. That's what I think. <clears throat> yeah, it's all right. They're, they're they're pretty good. We know it. You don't need to, you don't need to give them too much credit. <laughs> um, so we'll jump over to the Aussie matchup. So first, for Super Rugby AU, the Reds are on a bye, which is great for all the other teams this week. Um, the first matchup, it's the Force versus the Tars. Something we're excited to see that the Tars, you know, they seem to have been building a little bit in the last couple of weeks, the last couple of matches for them. So this is a match that they should be seeing and targeting as a winnable match. But we've got new injuries to Will Harrison, which is enormous for them. So he's going to be out for the rest of Super Rugby AU, and that is very disruptive. Do you not know that? He is out for the rest of Super Rugby AU. Uh, Byron Rouston, he, he got a head knock and got stretched off. Um, so we're not sure if he's, he's back or not at this point. Go check Slack, Harry. Um, and then we've got the return of Ben Donaldson after a quad injury. He returned uh, for Randwick in round one of Super Rugby, not Super Rugby, the Shoot Shield on the weekend after a quad injury and had, a, a by all accounts, a pretty solid outing for them. Swinton should be returning from his ankle in round five. And good chance we're going to see Sam Caird in and around that side as well. But look, these teams are both technically, and I'm using the word technically, alive in this competition. The Force are one point off the Rebels sitting in third. They are, I think, 40 points or so behind in terms of for and against. But, you know, all it takes for them is to get, you know, an extra bonus point win and and games on with them and the Rebels. So they've got the same amount of matchups. Both of them get a versus the Tars, you know, their bye weeks. So, I mean, the Tars could really be the team to spoil one of their dreams here. The Tars technically are in it if they win both of these games with bonus points. They could make the finals, but I doubt it. And now without Will Harrison, I doubly doubt it. Do you there's think a, there's much hope for, for them here, Nubum? There's, um, I don't know what you're talking about there, but I think there was a bit of a beautiful mind moment just going on with bonus points and everyone and for and against and all this kind of stuff. I think the Waratahs will win, beat one of the teams. 
the Waratahs will. I, I look. I, I one think of them. they've got to they've got to at least finish the season with one win, surely. I think with Will Harrison, both these teams are disrupted. Neither of them can show that they can attack at the moment. The Rebels and the Force. With Gordon returning, I, I could actually see the Tars of potentially winning both of these. I I couldn't see them getting bonus points. Sorry, but I could both see of them. I'm sorry, I think there was a breakup. Did you say both? I'll I'll tell I could you, have with Will Harrison. Can I cut through the bullshit? Jeez, it took one two-point loss for both of you to get your blue colour glasses on so quick. No, you are both delusional. <laughs> no, but so do the Rebels and Force. We just lost our best back. We no. suck. That's what I said. I said with with him there, I thought we could have done it. <laughs> we had no chance. Without Will Harrison, I think we, we had no chance. No chance. Without so, so it's zero, zero wins then. Zero. Well, my, my tactic for the Tars right now is Jake Gordon picks the ball up and doesn't throw a pass. Yeah, work the so forwards. So just cut, cut your 10 out to a hard-running Fichetti or a hard-running Parisi. Just running under his line. Just running under his line. Get Angus Bell and HGH just running hard and tight, literally battering them in tight. We know the force just cannot score points. So yeah, play it down in their end and, and work it in tight. Look, I know we'll be criticised for talking about the Waratahs too much, so I want to talk about the force. If they're going to run unders lines, you run it at Dave, at, at Miotti, right? Miotti was learning off Sanchez, and I've seen Sanchez tackle, and I've seen Sanchez <laughs> dive and fake an oh. injury. If you learn anything from Sanchez, Miotti is just going to be an absolute speed bump for either of those blokes running unders lines. So maybe it's not a bad tactic. We're back. We're going to win with a bonus point. <laughs> The negative thing about that is um, Godwin returned on the weekend and he made 18 from 18 tackles. <laughs> yeah, so, and Kieran Drowney just happens to be probably the best defensive outside centre in the country. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> we have to go through that channel. I think we, we have to. We're not going to have the influential 10 that we've had in, in recent, you know, in, in recent times um, with Will Harrison there. But, look, you've got Donaldson. By all reports, Ben Donaldson will be the starting 10 which seems wild because he hasn't been doing anything in this Tars, you know, so for loose. the whole time up until now. So and loose. The men on the bench. Um, but it sounds like Ben Donaldson will be the starting 10. Tane Edmund will be off the bench. And boy, oh boy, Gordon was good last, last match, but he's going to have to have a bigger game and be able to control mm. this side. And I do think, you know, the likes of Jack Maddox, he's going to have to insert himself into that first receiver. We know he can and actually have a bit more of an influence, but... I mean, Gordon and Maddox, unless they're taking taking this game by the scruff of the neck, I'm a little bit nervous for the Tars. But interesting. Maddox isn't taking this game by the scruff of the neck, mate. He hasn't since he came to the Waratahs. He's had two games. To get, oh, being good for the please, Tars. Please, mate. But, I mean, the, the interesting thing here is Donaldson and Edmund are attacking-style 10s. I still believe it. I just They're not to the same class at the moment as Harrison, but they are good 10s. They're very young. They're very inexperienced. And that's, that's, the, that's the key, mate. I like Donaldson. I think he's very good. I like Edmund too. Yeah, but let's be honest, he's not there yet. But I really like Donaldson as the young 10 last year. I thought he showed a lot of promise, but he is so young in a team that is way behind the but eight. So ball. is Will Harrison. Yeah, but no. Will Harrison has now played a season and a half straight of footy. The team is on a back foot. They need continuity, not a whole new general. 100%. 
put Gordon in 9, 10, right. 12, 13. Let's not talk about the Waratahs. <laughs> Actually, did we? Did you talk about the lineups? Did I miss that? Yeah, no, we were going through some of those changes. All right, come on, rattle them off and let's talk about the force. Well, hopefully we see Swinton return back into that back row. I think that would be helpful as well in that six. They're going to need a physical six. They're going to impose themselves into this match. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, they, they just need anyone in the, that uh, loose four or second row. Sam Caird potentially starting again as well, right? Yep. So the force, I, I think for them, they're very settled in the forward pack. Um, we might see some a change or two here, but they're very settled. That gives them a very solid base to then be able to give out to the backs to seem to do nothing. So uh, for, <laughs> for me, I think the one thing that the backs, sorry, the forwards let them down um, last week with Thrush and Tamani as their lock pairing, they won seven of 12 lineouts. That's 58%. That is woeful. They're both massive men. Neither of them are quick getting off the floor. I, I just, they're old, they're slow, they're big. It's not going to be good in the line-out for them. And if I was the Tars, I'd be targeting the line-out and, and just kicking for distance. The forces line-out last week was the worst I've ever seen at Super Rugby. I mean, the Tars' second row are like the two kids they found in the front row. But they've been decent in the line Doesn't matter how inexperienced they are, they can actually jump and get off the ground. It's got to do with Kaitu as well, being the hooker. It's not yeah, only Kaitu, those. Kaitu who cannot throw it straight. Matt, it was a matter of time until the stats actually started to show what we all saw from the start of the season. Oh, yeah. Every <laughs> overthrow he freaking threw bounced back into their hands yeah. and somehow his stats were looking half decent. The bloke <laughs> cannot throw. But how, how about this for a shift, boys? Put Fergus Lee Warner back into the lock. Hooker. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Back into the lock. Bring Tim Anstey as another tall, but you know, quicker to get off the ground guy in at six to add a little bit more excitement and punch in that back. Ability. Well. Completely yeah. agree. Far better. Just side. do it. It is. A, it's a much better rounded team. Yeah, I'm with you 100. Do you guys think that we're going to see the Haguares combination of of nine ten with Kubeli and Miotti again? Yeah, I mean, was was it that was that their first start together last yeah, game? It was, yeah. it was, yeah. Yeah, well, they they play two games each and then they rotate to the new <laughs> nine and ten. So yeah, they'll go one more. Do you see the same new bum? Do you want to add some actual value? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the fact that they speak the same language at nine and ten definitely helps. With no one else. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they what? I, I think just the combination, obviously being internationals. But um, I actually think that Godwin had a bit of an influence on the outside um having godwin there took a little bit of pressure off miotti um and i i see godwin actually as a as a bit of a dark horse for a wallabies um in the future coming up he's gonna um, need more could, than tackle yeah that could that could be my bias um because i rate him <laughs> but I think I think he added him him being there helped Miotti out a lot. So I, look, I, I I agree. I think he's a calming influence. My issue was I just didn't see their team attack at all. So yeah. he he calmed them, but nothing happened in attack. We haven't seen it all year either. To be fair, <clears throat> so oh yeah, I'm not I'm not saying it's just on him, but. Yeah. You know, he's, he made like a couple run meters, no tackle bus, no line breaks, no line break assist. You know, nothing influential with ball in hand. So I, I think he can do it ball in hand. We've we've seen him be quite influential in the past. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe we just need that extra week and maybe we need the dodgy defense of the Waratahs for, for him to influence the game like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the Tars actually, this is their best center pairing in um, for Keddie and Parisi. So... Um, 
I don't know. I, as you guys said, I, I don't think it's the best idea. Um, no, it's the best idea for the Waratahs to attack down Miotti's channel, definitely. Look, the other one is out in the wings for the, the Western Force. Although a fellow got his first start last week. Promising. Obviously, they need a new winger on the other side. We would suspect at least for the week if it's just a concussion and best case. But Richard Kahui, he, seen, he looms as the obvious man to just drop in there. Oh uh, yeah, the other the other option is Tony Pulu. He had a a minor minor ankle injury a month ago, where they said it was going to be one or two weeks. So he might be in and around that squad, and he had adds a bit of punch as well, mind you. As Kahui has been impressive at, at times this year, with an extra year actually getting back into professional fitness. And let's be honest, Tony Pulu's already hit his quota for the next three years for this club. So I'm pretty sure that he's got another niggle. Probably right. But look, both both teams are very different to that 16-20 drought-breaking game for the, the force when they won in, in Sydney, um, you know, five or so matches ago in early in March. However, the same issues stand. Force can't attack. Tars are a young team of rookies. How do we see this one going? Has? Yeah, go on, Nubum. Um, Nubum, sorry. Sorry, mate. Very good. Um, I think... Uh... I think, Harry, get prepared to put Gordon with a sore back yet again like Artie. I agree. Because, because um, uh, Gordon's going to carry the Waratahs over the line this week. They're going to come back and it's going to be close. Uh, Tars by two. Harry? Look, I, I promised that I wouldn't support the Waratahs if Newsom was captain, but I will 100% support them behind Jake Gordon. So I'll be cheering them on but I fully suspect us to lose to the Western Force. The travel factor is the one thing we haven't said, and it is a harder game. To <laughs> your your favourite point, has It is. Well, it it truly is. We, we also know that the West, the Waratahs are tight asses. They've made that pretty well known this yeah, year. Getting a bus. Yeah, they're probably getting a bus. And, and <laughs> Murray's. Like Get on the Murray's at Central. Same day as well. Same day bus, and then they'll drive home. So... I actually think it'll make it a lot harder for them as well in front of the Sea of Blues. So I'm going to go, Western Force don't know how to put a team away, so they won't run away with it. But I would say by four or five points. Yeah, look, I'm I'm definitely leaning towards what you said, Harry. <laughs> but, <laughs> Where are I those mean, glasses, mate? Where are those glasses? If, if Will, if Will, they're there. If Will Harrison was starting, I'm, I'm putting my money in the Tars all day, every day. Um, I probably would have as well. So <laughs> without him, without him, to, for me, I, I, I agree with Nubam's point that it's going to be Gordon who's going to be the one that makes a difference for the Tars here. And if the force could show they could attack, 100% they're going to win. But they just can't attack. They can't. They if, can't. We, if we go by up, up in points of three and Gordon scores a try like he will by himself anyway and just punch it in tight, the, this game is going to be a low, low scoring game. And we could sneak in for a win. So I'm putting my glasses on. Hey, uh, yeah. Go, boy. Tars to win by one. Do you remember remember saying that the Rebels couldn't attack and then they put like 40 on the Tars? Teams can't attack against good defense. But when you play the Tars, you're not attacking good defense. Our attack looked good two weeks ago. A defense, sorry. (laughs) One game, mate. Yep. (laughs) One one very important game. Let's move on. Um, We're going to move on. Rebels v. the Brumbies. That's the next matchup, Harry. 
Yeah, so injuries for this one. Obviously, we saw Hodge have his MCL injury on the inside of his knee as it was hyperextended trying to, to take a drop call to... That was so nasty. That was so nasty. Lose the game, but yeah, it was, it was awful. So he's out for a little while. Oh, I think so. 12 weeks, they said, which makes me think he's probably had, having to have an operation for it. Uh, given the longer time frame, May Tamua failed his HIA as well as just being bloodied and beaten. Scary. Uh, and but he does have eight days, I think, to turn around for this one, so he's got plenty of time to make it back. Tom Cusack and Pete Samu both had injuries. Cusack we believe hamstring. Samu Pete Samu was a neck or shoulder or something. I don't know. There's not a lot of clarity good. there just yet. Um, and look, the the potential people can, that could come back in. Solomon Akata, we have, we keep thinking that maybe he's around. This is the last week I'm going to give him mention. Um, Isinasarani <laughs> is uh, to my delight, given I just rolled the dice on him last week. Apparently, a decent shot at playing this week. And Dean Hallett Petty as well. They said he's been doing could contact be. for a week as well, so he's a chance to come in for Reese Hodge. That might just be a bit of a bluff to try and give the Brumbies something to think about. Yeah. But I mean, that, that yeah. would be big. What's the protocol? Is it 10 days after symptoms? Uh, well, no, no, it's no, no, no. Oh, it's, it's, no, it's, it's, it's nothing place. like that. Yeah, it's nothing. It's, it's certain amount, of, but it's still being able to build up, right? And yeah, yeah, he just needs to pass his test. If he can pass through the contact with no symptoms whatsoever, he would have already done all his heart rate stuff. Contact's yep. the last step. So yep. literally, if he did a week easily. I would say a day, technically, they could put him in, but I'm sure they would have been more conservative with that given how long-term it was. So, you know, it's not unreasonable to say if he does a week of full training, has no symptoms, they yeah. let him play. A very, very uh, reasonable Maybe. thing to do. Maybe this is the week that the Tars had to verse the Rebels if they're going to be missing Hodge and Tamua. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not how the cookie crumbles. But, look, last time these two met, it was a Brumbies win, and it was a tight win, 27-24. Mm. Not was- what we expected. This was game early two. Yeah, yeah the Rebels. I first think it was game, game two. Yeah, yeah. Rebels first game, and and they just took every point. Their defense was rock solid, and we walked away going, "Geez, they actually know how to play." They did something with their preseason. This is where we started to really build that image of them as a team that can bring you down to their level. Yeah, you know, def- defensively they can bring you that level, and I think Tamua is quite an important cog in that. Yeah, you can call it. If you're talking about bringing them down to a level, I think Illy <laughs> and Pincus are pretty important cogs in the level that they're bringing teams down to as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what do you see happening in, in this one, Nuba? Um, overall, uh, I oh, think the Brumbies... Uh, oh, what's that? Settle think, down, mate. Settle you, down. Hold on. You don't have to go that far yeah. ahead, mate. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Okay, fair enough. Um, the Rebels' defence, mate, I'll, I'll jump in quickly then. The yeah. Rebels' defence, I think, has slipped massively, and I, I think it's been one of the big talked-about points. They're trying to be more adventurous in attack and, and not being overly successful with that. Slipped massively. They let one try in last week. Against the Western Force. Against the mate. good attacking Western Force that you said can attack against teams that aren't amazing at defence. Yeah, the Waratahs. It's no cool. one else is on the Waratahs' defence. Um, so, anyway... As I was saying, I, I think they have let their game slip a little bit as they're trying to throw the ball around a little bit more, and that's yeah. why they got put 40 points on them by the Reds. Reds. Um, I, I don't think that they're quite as solid in that area, and I think it opens up a lot of risk for them in this kind of team. They might tighten things back up with a few injuries, but uh, I'm a bit worried about them there. Uh, injury-wise, I thought if DHP isn't there, Pincus gets another start. Yep. 
guys, anything else that That's, you guys are looking at? Yeah, look, another one we were we were talking about the the other matchup, the you know the the lock pairing in that one. I, I think that's a bit of a question mark for the Rebels as well. I'm a I'm a big Leota fan, and I, I love to see him on the paddock, but he's not a lock. I think he's like 190 centimeters, and again they they've gone from a very decent line out where they'd won, you know, for the rest for the whole year they've won 87, percent but they lost four on the weekend. And I mean that brought their their percentage down. I I just thought it was their worst showing in a line out in you know throughout the year, and it's because they're they're missing another line out jumper. Yeah. If you bring Nessarani into number eight as well, I mean, you're not adding another line out jumper. You've got to get it from somewhere else. Mm. I I just can't see Leota being on you know in the in the locks again. He did play well though. I did. Yeah. I, did. I think he had a good um, solid game. Yeah. But again, it's it becomes the balance of your team. Yeah. And if you're against the Brumbies and your lineout sucks, you're not getting any ball the entire yeah. match. But it's not all about the balance. It's all about the fantasy points, isn't it? Something like that. The balance of fantasy points, which happens <laughs> to be all over here. <laughs> um, for me, and what kind of defines the whole Rebel season and just taking shots for the goal and having no attack is that Corabidi hasn't even scored a try for the whole season. And the guy, the John, the guy's a he's a John Eels medalist. He was the best for the Wallabies last year, and he has hasn't even scored a meat pie. He has to do so, everything else for them. Yeah. Literally everything else. He's picking it up off the back of the ruck for them and making their meters because I just they're not seeming to get him in space in what's in any way, shape, or form. So we said how good the Rebels' defense was. Did we did we mention that Stacey Ely, Lockie Anderson, and Tom Pinkus were in that side? Clearly, Corabetti is making every single tackle as well. We know how he works. Yeah. Look, the, I, the poor guy, mate. He is playing as a loose forward out there, dead set. What did you guys think of Holland? Uh, I like the cut thing. of his jib, but, geez, it's early. Oh, it's super super early. I, I, yeah. I think uh, the one thing I noted from him in, in that match was, good he, haircut. boy, his passes are good. Mm. They are bullets, completely flat, hitting a guy in the chest most of the time. And even if it's a cutout, they're just beautiful balls. Get uh, he's, yeah, he, he's okay. Someone. Yeah, he, he's okay. It's just that his missus is better than him. <laughs> she is. She definitely is. Do you just drink my water? Mm. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so, look, on Holland, Matt Tamur, if he doesn't play, what are their options? Obviously, Holland could slide into 10, but that's a big ass to steer that ship around. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've said the whole year, I really just want to see Carter Gordon get some game time. It wasn't to start his first match against the Brumbies. So I just, I'm hoping for them that it doesn't have to come to that. Just because that talk about throwing a, a guy in the deep end. Mind you, someone did that for the Canes, which is a young guy, um, Love, against the Crusaders last week and, and looked pretty good. But it was if, good, yeah. I mean, throw, throwing someone in the deep end, I, I, you, don't, you don't really want to see it. Um, how do you guys see this one going? Or is there anything else you wanted to add? There's, I suppose we can touch on the, the Brumbies locks as well, that can we, that rotation. Can we touch on any of the Brumbies team? Yeah, no, we don't, we don't need to. Do <laughs> maybe, maybe we see Will Miller back after his, his return out of retirement apparently. Yeah, he had well, enough of the farm. He was uh, ready to get stuck back into the footy. There, there's a few options there. I think um, I'm... I'm trying to find the name here. Rory Scott came off the bench for them a couple of weeks ago against the Waratahs. Ended up getting yellow carded as part of the team's kind of uh, repetitive, repetitive penalties. That's right. But he can come in at number eight um, for Pete Samo if he's no good. And then at number six, I feel like 
uh, sorry, at number seven for Tom Cusack, Will Miller is an obvious option, but we don't know how in or out of condition he is, given that he wasn't actually playing a lot Look, of footy. He was playing footy. He was playing was he? park footy um, down wherever he lives. And I saw him at the sevens and he looked like a specimen. That man has nice. not stopped going to the gym and he has not stopped running. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. And look, if we're talking about back rowers as well, what about Isin Nasirani, mate? Like, if you're talking about how the Rebels can actually win a game, surely the bloke they need is Isin Nasirani rampaging over the line. I, the Rebels don't have to change a thing. Just get in. They, they, I don't know how many minutes they were in the 22 last week, but they get to the line and then they have no idea what to do. If you oh. can just give the ball to Isin Nasirani, surely there's a try or two a game. You just, have you just two, get ad line. Just get ad line and get the ball out. Usually make two pods. Nasserani at the front of one, Corbidi at the front of the other one, yeah. and just have heaps of people lining up. Two loose forwards in tandem. <laughs> but, yeah. Because if you look at their stats, their problem is not breaking the line, breaking tackles. Yeah. Their problem is actually converting it into points. 100%. So is. they're getting onto the line, but then they can't break the line. So that's where someone like Nasserani is a simple fix because he's just a sledgehammer to throw at the defensive wall. But the the yeah. thing about that that's confusing is, They've got a very, very experienced 10. When they get in and around the right areas, he's not adding anything of any sort of, not showing any control of, you know, finishing something off there. What do you yes, want him to creative. do? He's not creative. Is he out to Illy or no, should it's... he cross-kick to Pincus? Seriously, <laughs> what do you want him you forgot, to do? You forgot Lucky Anderson, mate. Oh, far no, right. Honestly, though, like... Lucky we've got Frank Lamani, the halfback on the ring. <laughs> What is he meant to do? He's in the front side, <laughs> Harry Lamani. <laughs> no, look, I mean, I, seriously though, far out the guy gets some slack for having no backs outside when, of him. When is he getting slack? He's had one point ever brought against him. Every podcast, he, he does have Corabidi across Dude. the country right now. Every podcast, no, I just hammering Matt Tamua because he's a twelve. He's not a ten. <laughs> no, I think he's a twelve. But I, I just don't think. He's showing influence in the control of those opportunities, whether it's a little chip over the top or it is a crossfield kick or it's a cutout to Corabidi or it's something like that that are trying to put people in the right places. You I, know, like, I, I would just counter one point. I think he kept throw, trying to throw cutouts to his best back. To the wing. S- sadly, they're sitting on the sideline and yeah. he didn't realise he had to play throw the ball. Yeah, one so of his thank you. Players. You're actually making a point of what I just said. The, when he, he just seems to, like, he got a little bit stressed in those opportunities and he'd just throw the ball and it would end up 10 metres out. It's I, Look, I, I think he played pretty poorly last week, but yeah. there is there is a point where you start just going, what the hell can I do? Give me any option, boys. Anything. Yeah. Just give uh, me something. Nasserani. Nasserani asks, will... He just made 65 <clears throat> tackles for the rest of our back line. Does anyone else want to step up? <laughs> yeah. Nasserani hopefully will add the value anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the takeaway here. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a lock merry go round. Um, do you think we get to see Frost get another crack at starting again, or do we think he's had his, his couple chances? I, I think that this is the chance for the Brumbies to actually give some other squad members some game time. They're they're second. They're not coming first. They're not coming third. They're second, so they know they've got the home semi final. Just. Build your squad depth. This is. I, I think they'll probably do it over the next <clears> two games. I think. What, what have they got? Have they got Rebels and then Force, or have they got? No, they got the, I think they got the bye next week. I no, think. they got one more week. Yeah. If they don't win this match, they could actually lose. They could drop out of the second place. Because they got the bye. They got the bye after this one. <clears throat> yeah, right. I'll, yeah. I'll double check. I mean, they're on twenty-five points in they're second. A, they're a game is on eleven. They're, so they're, they're a game up. They're fourteen points ahead, though. 
But there's the the Rebels have two. Each five, team ten. plays eight. There's no way they can yeah. be overtaken. They so they've got one game True. here to roll the yeah. dice and actually give some squad members a run. Yeah. To me, I don't, they're not going to go nuts <clears> because they still need to keep some of their continuity and make sure they're primed for that that semi final game. But surely the likes of Frost gets another <clears> run. Surely Scott Seo gets a start. You bring Will Miller in. Yeah, Will Miller gets some game time. Mac Hansen, Ryan Lonigan deserves a start. Rhys John Pasatoa are back on the bench. You know, like, don't these guys get a run? <clears throat> yeah. Look, yeah, I think I we've gone in depth into this match. Nubum, how you how are you seeing this one play out? Um, yeah, obviously with what kind of what Harry said, with there, there could be a little bit of rotation. It all kind of depends on that. Um, Brumbies, obviously. Uh, and I reckon Brumbies by they're probably good enough, even, even by two scores. Let's say fourteen. Okay, I'm going to say by thirty-five. <laughs> Jeez! Wow! Right. Yeah, right. I might okay. say by twelve points. We're going to flog them. <laughs> Nelson going overs. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, all right, we're going to head straight into our dessert. Brought to you by Pilk. Pilk Pagonis Milk. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. It's plant-based milk. (laughs) Very, very tasty. Sorry, Pagonis, if you're listening, mate. It's, It's not your milk. We know that. We know that. <laughs> you want to tell them that, that, that wouldn't taste good. This is plant plant based milk. It's ice cream, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <true. laughs> so thank you to our sponsor, Pilk, for delicious ice cream, mate. We got a you got your bottle the um, container there. Move, you got it. <laughs> plant based milk. Get it in your belly. Delicious. Get it in you. Get it in you. There's All mine. right, mate. I, I I think you've been having too much pilk recently. You're looking too healthy. <laughs> <laughs> You've been losing weight, but it's plant based, mate. Plant based, yeah. Plant based, good stuff. Yeah. Look, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna dig through our Wallabies twenty three to to come up in that first matchup against the the French side. That French invasion happening in about nine or so weeks. Let's dig straight into the front row. I, I honestly, there's not a lot of differences between me Harry, and Harry here. We got Slipper Fainga. I've got Alalatoa with Tupo off the bench. Harry's got Tupo with Alalatoa. Off the I didn't. Bench. I didn't see Fyinger in the squad. Is he? Is he there? Man, you can pick whoever you want. They've, they have said that they shouldn't look at that uh, temporary <clears throat> squad as the actual Wallaby okay. squad because there's likely to be five or six changes. Yeah, right. So you, you've gone someone different. You've picked a hooker out of the squad. Who did you pick? I picked Murphy. I think um, he's he's been in pretty good form recently and. Uh, I've, I've heard Rennie has some pretty good raps on him being similar to a New Zealand hooker, so that you can't really go wrong with that, I think. Look, I, I think he's a chance, to be honest. I, I think the biggest thing for me, there was a clear point that Rennie made, not including uh, Ulisi, not including Panga Mosa, not including Fainga, is that, look, you three don't have this jersey locked down. You're going to have to work harder. For me, it was as simple as that. So yeah. I, I do expect that we'll see one of them come back in and get that starting jersey. But, I mean, out of the rest of them, Murphy's a good shout because he has been very good when he's had his chance. I, I agree. Out of the squad they've picked, I think Murphy's probably the pick. But <clears> I, I'm with Nelson. I think they'll probably bring him in. Yep. It's it's, it's our biggest weakness, I think, to be honest as well, in saying that. Back, I agree. But Tanya yeah. Latupo as well, I just want to mention, I, I just think he's been scrammaging too much better than Alan Alalatoa. 
100%. Yeah, look, I I do agree. And, I mean, last year I was probably saying that Tupo should be starting. So I'm not 100% confident in my pick there of Ala Alatoa to start. His leadership, I think, is quite important for for the side. But, I mean, I'd love to see Tupo get a start as well. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, definitely. Um, For the locks, we've got – I've got Rodder and Phillip. So two guys who have signed to come back into Australia. Nubam, who do you have? Uh, I've got, oh, looking back at it, so what am I doing? Uh, Lu- Lucan is, yeah. I think, uh, I think he's, he's solidified himself there. Can I change this one? Yeah, I put, yeah, for it. I put, <laughs> I put Neville. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll just stick to my guns, just kind of going off the Wallaby squad at the moment. Okay. Um, obviously, Phillip's a good choice, no doubt about it. Um, but I think Neville's actually, uh, I, I think he compliments Lucan pretty well. Lucan um, does all the uh, you know the hit ups and um, all that kind of stuff, all the the brute force, tall tall building style. Um, while Neville does a bit of the you know the harder work, a bit of the grunt work. Um, so I think he complements L- LSL there. I think a little he's basically bit. a fanboy is what you're saying. He's in my team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, mate. Well, <laughs> well, look, I I think he's had a solid season, but for me. I just don't want to see Neville in the wall of his jersey. It's, yeah. No, it's not, we're not that desperate. Look, I'm, I'm the same, Rodder and Phillip, and I think Lucan Salakai-Loto has not been good enough this year. I actually think he's had a pretty poor year by his highest standards in the last couple of seasons. Yeah, I, I see him coming off the bench. I've got him as, you know, the cover on the bench. You can also fill that back row if you get desperate and want to keep Rodder and Phillip on for a long period of time. Um, and if we move over to the back row, the thing that excites me here is, Harry, I know you listen to me a little bit here, but who did you start in your seven jersey? Well, look, I, seven jersey is obviously an interesting one because the obvious choice is Michael Hooper. I've picked this team for game one of the French series, not for the majority of games. Personally, I'm <clears> going <throat> to pick Fraser McWright game one and give him a start because I think he needs to start one of the games. And I think Cooper coming back from Japan, give him a little bit of time to gel back into the squad and reward the guys that have stayed in Australia and slugged it out. McWright game one for me, but I would start Hooper game two and three. Yeah, look, I, I think for me, I'd be very similar in that mindset. I, I think Hooper coming back has to work his way back in. Rennie's had a lot of control over, you know, work-ons, over your your team fitness, all this sort of stuff in Australia. I think he's been very influential for all the Super Rugby squads. So for, for Mick Wright to be in Australia under that and be so dominant when he has this year, I'd love to see him get that crack in the, the first match. I think Hooper is a more of an impact player as well out of the two of them. So Mick Wright, uh, you're less likely to see on the bench. I think if you're going to have one of them on the bench, it would be Hooper. Not that I'm suggesting that that's the way you're going to go regularly. But Hooper, give him that crack off the bench. Give McWright the chance to, to have a start. If he does well enough in game one, then maybe you keep it the same for game two. But, I mean, that experience of Hooper coming off the bench is, is amazing. And, Nabon, tell us your six and eight. Um, yeah, well, I think eight's obviously locked in with Harry Wilson. That's I, I think that's – is that across the board there? Do we all Not think for that? Harry. For Harry Wilson? Yeah, for Harry, yeah. Not for Harry over here. Oh, no, excuse me, what? Who have you got? Issy Nasserani? Yep, I do, mate. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I get it. Um, I just, yeah, for, for me, I, I, Wilson, uh, I don't think Nasserani's had enough game time throughout Super to actually warrant a spot. 
Zero minutes um, is not enough. I do agree. And very little last year. <laughs> and that's and that's why I think Wilson deserves a spot as much as I love Izzy and I love to see him in the Wallabies squad this time round. Um, but I think Wilson deserves that jersey. Do you have anything to say on the eight? Anyone? Anything else on the eight? Um, no, Besides look, I, Wilson is. Yeah, look, I I think for me Wilson gets that start unless we see a resurgence of Nasserani over the last the last sort of five six weeks before. Mm. Well, no, it's nine weeks really before the the first match. But Nasserini's got enough time to show that he should be in that starting jersey. Last year he was given those work ons. He he worked his way back into the squad. So obviously he, ha- he has impressed Rennie to be picked in this team, you know, as well. So I, I think that's a reward for his work off the field. So if he's been working hard enough, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him get a chance. I, yeah. Look, I don't think it's more likely, but I just think Nasserani's a freak and Will Harrison, Harry Wilson. <laughs> can't get two times this pod from both of you. Yeah, that's two uh, strikes. Look, Harry Wilson is a young man coming through. He still is with his mum. We don't need to just hand him the eight jersey yet. Yeah, it's fair. No, nothing against that. He's and a we, player. We've, we've all <laughs> got, he is, he is, he is. We've all got <laughs> Valentini in that six jersey, which is quite amazing. Um, he's had a great year. He's had a very, very solid year. Yeah, he's he's so gone good. from strength to strength. And boy, he looks aggressive, which is something that, you know, why, um, what's his name last year? Orita. Swinton. Swinton was in there last year for that aggression, where Valentini offers some aggression with less likely to get red carded, and he offers some other things as well. I, I've been hoping that he comes into this form for a long time, but I haven't believed it. I know you've been swinging off him for a lot longer yeah. than I have. Since but preseason. Look, he's had it, no, for like three years you've yeah. been swinging off him, whereas I have finally come around to how good he's been this year, and nothing said it better than when Swinton tried to put a hit on him, oh, and he oh, just oh. dropped him to the floor and laughed at him. And I, just oh, went, I love that's why he's your six. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, he's just managed to string game after game, which is what we've kind of wanted from Valentine. Yeah, he's, well. so, yeah. he's been great. Well, we'll jump across into to the you know the pivots here. We've got all of us have got White still earning that starting jersey um, at nine, and James yeah. O'Connor at ten. We've all got McDermott on the bench. Um, the the differences are here is I'm not carrying a second fly half because I've got Tamua in my 12 jersey, where both of you have got Tamua on the bench. So in, yeah. in that back row, how this shapes, sorry, the centers, how this shapes up is I've got Tamua at 12. I've got Paisami at 13. Tamua can always shift into 10 if you need it. You've got a very, very solid defensive line against a, a very much a, a flare side for, for France. Um, and then you can also bring in your impact off the bench. You don't need to carry another 10 on the bench. How have you guys gone for that balance between your 10 and your centres? Well, who, so, who, I mean, you've put Pataya on there who can't play 12 anyway. So re- really it's just like where are the people that you're doubling up? I've got Paisami to, to cover that 12 jersey. Right, okay. He's my 13. Okay, so I've got Paisami and Ikatao who, you know, you talked about defensive play. Well, I'll put it out there that Paisami is probably the most physical best defender of the lot and Ikatao is incredibly accurate and a very solid defender as well. So I don't think you lose anything there. It's massive amounts of defensive read experience. Yeah, I don't think it matters, mate, if if they're playing as well as they are. And Matt Tamua, not only that, he's coming at the back end of the game when you need the experience to close the game out rather than bringing the young guy on. Matt Tamua has not played 12 all year, and yet now you're going to make him your starting Wallabies 12 outside of James O'Connor. The the cohesion of that team, wouldn't you rather have your 10 and 12 that have been playing together rather than 
a nine from one team, a 10 from another, a 12 from another, and a 13 from another? Yeah, look, I, it, it does make a bit of sense when you talk about that, that cohesion factor. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I think we need to find the right balance of experience in this side because this French team is is a very dynamic, very exciting side. So I think players that can make, you know, more experienced, thought-out defensive reads as well as attacking structure, I think Tamua offers that more than... Um, Iketau does. Well, this is yeah, yeah. all that all, all part of the you know going back to the cohesion, and that's why I've kind of put Jock at ten, obviously, Basami at twelve, and Pattaya at thirteen. Although Pattaya has looked a lot better on the wing, and I know he drops a lot of ball. I've been his biggest critic for dropping heaps of ball at thirteen. I don't know. I, I think they've all played together. They've had a whole season together. Um, for me. That's why, obviously, we know how the potential Pattaya has. Maybe give him another crack at 13. Can I ask, why not play Hamish Stewart at 12 then, mate, and push Pattaya out if that's how you're thinking? Because Pattaya's not starting in the centres over the Reds' centre pairing. So why would he be the Wallabies' centre pairing? He's just too error-ridden. Because he, the Wallabies... can't play test man, <laughs> Because Hamish Stewart would never put it on a Wallabies' jersey. I, Matt, I agree, but I'm just saying he can't start for the Reds. He can't push his way into the centre because of how many errors he's making. It's even more important to test footy not to make an error. He has not shown at all this year that he's been able to get that out of his game. But as yeah. soon as you put him in on, in a wing jersey, he, he plays he lights it up. He, he doesn't think up. he needs to create everything for everyone else around him. He goes, I need to do it. So he's not throwing the silly offloads. He's not doing as much of that sort of stuff. And... How good was it to see that kick that he did on the weekend yeah. to, to get that uh, 50-22? He is developing, and to have that space out wide, I think is just going to help him continue to develop. And sure, okay. we might see him as an outside centre in the long term, but at the moment I just I just don't see him there, especially at international. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But he, he's awesome. We all agree on that. Yeah. All right, back three. Harry, how does your back three shape up? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> No, I see Corabetti at left wing. Yep. I went Tom Wright on the right wing. Yeah, right. And I went, look, I, I actually originally said who the fuck knows for number 15. Um, I think we all did. I, I don't even like who I put. I put Reese Hodge there and credit to him. I thought he had a good year last year. But I, and I, I'm not putting Banks in my team. I refuse. You loved um, him before. I put, no, I don't love anyone. Who did you put, Maddo? Who else is there? Well, Maddox isn't getting a run. Uh, I'd probably prefer Jock Campbell right now, but he's not going to oh get my. a run. Oh, my. I'm a fan. Mate, I, personally, only because I just want to put more good players in my team, I'd probably put Bataille at fullback. But no. uh, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go Hodge. If I had if gun to my head, I'm putting but he's But he's injured. He's injured, let's say, for he the first be, game. Oh, he might be back. Yeah, true. Let's, no, just okay, say, let's just say he's injured. Who would you put? I'm going to put Banks in because he can kick to touch and I don't really care about anything else. Yeah, I, look, I, I think that's what you've got to do. Uh, I, I would love to see someone else get put there. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I just I, I can't see someone being shifted out of position to fit these pieces together. Uh, look, I, I, I honestly, potentially, I think Pattaya could do that role. I think Rice could do that role. You know, there's people that could, but they can't do it you know, just being thrown in now <laughs> at international level. It's just not going to happen. So, 
Um, yeah, it's it, for me. It's Hodge if there's an injury. Yeah. Fingers um, crossed. Fingers crossed. Hodge is back. What about Dunguni? He can't kick. I thought he could, man. He was a fucking yeah, yeah, player. Yeah, but not, not my banks him, or Hodge. When have you seen him do tactical kicking, or when have you seen him do good place kicks? Never. Yeah, he can't kick. All we right. don't. We don't need another Falau, someone who can attack but do nothing else on the field at fullback. All right. Well, you you guys tell us yours then. Come on. I've got the same. I'm Corbyn. Yeah, I, I was actually the same as well. We all agree on cool. that. Yeah. All right, to the bench. Let's let's push. So let's finish this I off. Just, that's that's the bench. We've included the bench throughout that all. Have we? So yes, we have. Who's, so, who's our reserve hooker? Who's our reserve hooker? Uh, we we touched on it. Harry and I both we I said had Brendan Payne most I with Fanger to start. You're the only one who didn't touch. You've got a unique hooker off the bench. Who's yours? Berecki. Berecki and Lai. Well, no, I, I didn't think. Well, I kind of was going off the current squad at the moment, and Flau yep. Fanger wasn't in there. So um, I went to the next best, who was Parecki. Fair enough. Fair enough. At least, at least you didn't yeah. do what Kagi did when he gave us a list and put Tamani as a starting lock. Um, that guy's just stupid. But um, <laughs> we'll move on. That This rounds it up. Uh, you, anything else you wanted to add to that? Yeah, look, I, I think the really interesting thing was is going to be how the war the wallabies rather same team Moritz wallabies um <laughs> decide to use their bench around their loose forwards i think that's where i'm most excited to see nasarani liam wright fraser mcwright uh harry wilson pete samu pete samu there's so many good players yeah. in that space yeah. Who all deserve a chance. Yep. So that that's what I'm really excited to see. And I, I think it's pretty well documented that we've got gigantic problems at fullback and we haven't got a great answer yet. Although we have some reasonable ones, I would argue, at hooker. Yeah. Look, I, I think it's a little bit off topic, but it's similar along those lines. Our back row stocks are developing and growing. It's really good to see the Waratahs <clears> today <throat> announcing Rabonny Warren Vasayatho getting named. He he Used to be, I mean, he's a Sydney boy through and through. He went across to the Sunwolves and became a cult hero and lit it up for them for a couple of years. So it'll be great to see him coming back. And he's also coming back with a Rugby Australia signing, a signature as well, not just the Tars. Yeah, so it's a good Adding signing. More depth, big body number eight. So another guy we can see, give it a crack in the future. How good would it be to see him in the Wallabies, starting at number eight, then shifting out to the centres in the back end of the game? For us. <laughs> cover him on the bench to cover both. <laughs> yeah. Then um, you chuck Skelton on and he can be back rower slash centre. They've been picking in New Zealand those loose forwards in the 23 jersey. Yeah, he right. legitimately could be the 23 jersey. He can cover forwards and backs. Yeah, him <laughs> and Skelton are your two men to do it. Yeah. Right. Last last question for you blokes, um, and I did want to cover it a little bit earlier. Who's wearing the uh, the armband for the Wallabies? In my team, no one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, Harry, Harry doesn't have Ala Ala Toa on here, so he's definitely not got it there, and, and no Hooper studying. Yeah, look, for me, I know. Yeah, for for me, I, I think is someone that's been very instrumental and, and proven himself. Um, yeah. throughout this year, and it, it's James O'Connor. I, yeah. I honestly think he he deserves it. I think he's making the wrong, right the choices. Wagon. No, I, I, I agree. I've been yeah. extremely, extremely impressed with him. I'm, I'm impressed with his attitude. I think he's got a you know a very influential role with, with his team, and, and I think he's a, a pivot that's controlling that game massively. You know, I, I don't see a lot of the other young players being 
you know, shoved in to start. For, for me, I've got the other potential of Ala Alatoa, who you guys didn't start. Um, but it's then Tupo is going to get yeah. huge amounts of game time as well. Nick White is mine. Yeah, right. In Nick White. Yeah. Okay. I, I think McDermott gets a decent amount of time. I, I think James O'Connor probably gets 80 minutes. Yeah, well, well, that's it. And that's kind of, I'm, I'm resonating what you said as well, Nels, with James O'Connor. I think he showed throughout the red season and is the reason why they're undefeated and, and beat the Brumbies in both aspects is that he's made the, the right decisions at the right time. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and, and he's, it's, I don't know what he's doing at the moment. His Instagram's full of Zen and uh, I don't know, he's probably <laughs> taking Buddhism and not going to disabled toilets and doing this, that, the other with yeah, Ali Williams. So <laughs> it, it uh, helps, it helps that he's, um, and, and Rennie said in an interview that, um, is everyone's view of James O'Connor was what's been in the headlines and kind of what's come out of that now. And now he's met him in person is that he's, um, he's got a good head on his shoulders. So, and he's one of the first names on your team sheet. hundred percent. I mean, yeah. I, I could happily see McDermott starting one of these three tests. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see, but thanks for coming on the pod. Nubam, mate, you, you, no, you saved us on. once again. Good to have your voice yeah. rather than Kagi's on here. Always, mate. Always, boys. Thanks for tuning in and uh, hooroo. Boys. Yeah.